welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And I'm here to invite you to my father's house. No. <laughs> because first, our show is graded on the traditional <laughs> lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tkumloops Tay-Swetmik territory within the unceded traditional lands of Swetmikulu. And today's text is A Week Away, which is set just outside Nashville, Tennessee, the territory of the Kusuwati, the traditional lands of the Eastern Band of the Cherokee. And Joe, mm -hmm. as with all movies about camp culture in North America, yep. it's got some questionable moments vis-a-vis -vis appropriation of Indigenous culture. Yeah, so folks, we are talking about a Christian rock musical. Feel free to put yep. that into quotation marks if you <laughs> feel the need. And part of the premise of this is that there is a juvenile delinquent teenager who is sent away to this Christian camp, and the camp is called Ouija, which yes. is a ha-ha play on yes. some kind of indigenous-sounding name, but of course is actually just white nomenclature appropriating it unceremoniously yes yes and you know in fairness to the film that is a trope that extends throughout i was saying to joe american camp culture because i didn't really go to camp in canada mm -hmm. and i've never seen camp portrayed like in a canadian movie so i don't know if we do Not it really. here i assume we probably do probably but it's it's something that i guess comes from i don't know boy scout tradition maybe I had kind of assumed it was like a thing of 80s and 90s camp, but I see from this film, it's still going strong. <laughs> right. Well, it should be noted that this is a film that came out this year in 2021, mm -hmm. and this feels very much like a throwback to the early 2000s, yes. maybe even the 90s. So the fact that we're still trotting out some of these old-fashioned style tropes makes sense. Yes. If you watched camp rock and you were like i wish this was faith-based this is the film for you there we go yeah, yeah. so folks mm -hmm. if you decided not to watch a week away along with brenna and i i can tell you that it is a 2021 american christian musical teen drama that is directed by roman white and he is a director who has done many music videos for quite a few country music singers oh that makes sense yeah, and, and I think really, you know, we talked about this at the end of last week's episode that this is not an American jukebox style musical, but it is it's a musical first and foremost. So like we mm -hmm. got people breaking out into song without, you know, dropping the mic kind of deal like this is what am I trying to say? I don't know. It's a musical, Joe. You're describing a musical. Well, because <laughs> the way in for musicals is to say, oh, well, this is a performance based thing. Like, oh, this yeah, is no. people performing in some kind of concert or contest or something this like that. This is what I call musical realism as a play on magical realism. Oh, <laughs> it's musical realism. It has different rules. You can yeah. just be singing your feels and it, everybody else will just act like you're talking to them. It does include my very favorite musical theater trope, though, Joe, mm -hmm. which is the character who doesn't understand why everybody else knows the choreography and he doesn't. Right. The first number has that moment and it is mm -hmm. always my favorite moment in any musical. I love it. It is fun, and we should give credit. There's a, quite a few things that 
don't work for, I think, both you and I in Mm -hmm. this, in part because it is quite religious heavy in Mm -hmm. its dialogue and its messaging and all that kind of stuff. But I will give this movie a bit of credit for being self-aware and having even like a little bit of meta commentary in there. Yeah, it, you know what? It's it's a perfectly cute film. It's got a perfectly cute love-ish story. Mm-hmm. I found, and we've talked on the show, Joe, neither one of us are religious. Neither no. one of us particularly raised with religion. No. There's just, there's a lot of... There's a lot of the G.O.D. in here. Yeah, a lot. Everything. And even when you think a song is not about God, mm-hmm. they they throw a line in there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. There there was one where I was like, oh, I'm actually really kind of enjoying this song because the music is catchy. Like the music is very catchy. Not hard to get into. That's how they and get you. Like, oh, this is really good. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of appreciating that they didn't feel the need to shoehorn. Oh, there it is. OK. Yeah. <laughs> so very much aimed at a particular subset. Like this is good, wholesome, G rated boy meets girl, falls in love with girl at camp, participates in a strangely antagonistic war game style Mm -hmm. plot line like the whole Mm -hmm. movie is based around really competitive spirit (laughs) this is very much the evangelical like they are christian soldiers right like even the names of the teams like Mm -hmm. that is a particular approach to christian faith that this movie is definitely connecting with yeah, yeah, they're, they're breeding the next generation of the G.O.D. soldier. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, folks, if you if you didn't watch this, uh, the basic plot line is around Will, who is played by Kevin Quinn, who I looked him up and he hasn't done a ton of stuff. No, he's adorable, though. He looks exactly like Zac, Ef- Zac Efron circa High School Musical. Yes, even right down to the hair. Oh, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. We got a hairdresser who was looking <laughs> face deep into Zac Efron <laughs> from a certain era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a cutie patootie, blando white guy. He yep. is a juvenile delinquent who has been in the foster care system. And this is his last straw, Brenna. And he will be in big, big, big trouble. The system will basically throw the book at him, except that there's this opportunity to go to a Christian camp. With Sherry Shepard. With Sherry Shepard, yes, so she takes pity on him, and he ends up befriending this guy. Um, George. Thank George. you. His name is George. I was like, oh, that's my cat's name, I said to myself as the movie began. Right. <laughs> yeah, so he ends up befriending George, who is played by Jabril Cook, and they have a, a cute friendship in the way that George... Strangely, is not particularly religious. He just upholds a lot of the tenets of it. He has mm-hmm. a harmless crush on a book smart girl. He is a bit nebish and socially awkward himself. And of course, Will is the cool new guy. Mm-hmm. And he makes eyes at Avery, who is played by Bailey Madison, who I gathered is apart from Sherry Shepard. And uh... I can't remember his name, but I love him. I was surprised to see him in this, to be honest. I'm used to his very dirty comedy. Uh, Brenna, you're making it really hard for me to edit around my Sorry. Mistakes. Yes, you're thinking of David Kutchner. Yeah, sorry. Do you want to take that again? I mean, I want it to. Okay. <laughs> I'm shutting up. I'm shutting up. You know what? No, I can't remember where I was. So we're just going to work with it. People are going to see all of the dirty ugliness of what I normally would edit around. 
<laughs> uh, anyway, all this to say, I think that, yes, Bailey Madison is probably the most recognizable teen actor in this film. She was in The Fosters. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, that was not what I was going to pull her from. <laughs> she's in another you? adaptation that we may do one day. Ooh. She's in Bridge to Terabithia. Yes, yes. If we ever want to just make ourselves cry, cry if we ever yeah. <laughs> want to have all the emotional angst, we'll pick that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things to look forward to <laughs> on a rainy day. And of course, yeah, so they, they have a, a lovely, very chaste romance. And he at one point is discovered. And they have a, I don't even want to say it's a conflict because she runs out and saves him after he leaves the camp. And then he comes back and there's a big musical number and his team wins the day in this God War and everybody's super happy and I don't know. It's all kind of sweet and saccharine. But mm-hmm. yeah, your faith is going to be tested if you're not a religious person, because this is very, very religious. It's a lot. And it's also, if you've been keeping up with youth culture, it's also really derivative. Like, the appeal of a film like this is for folks who maybe don't want their kids to watch a high school musical or a camp rock. And so for them, perhaps it's a fresh and new uh, film experience. But if you've seen any of those movies, I mean, down to the choreography being Mm -hmm. identical, the beats of the songs being identical, the plot being basically identical it's really just a sort of we're taking a disney musical and we're sanitizing it further Mm -hmm. and inserting a lot of talk about god yeah yeah and it's tricky right because you and i had a number of conversations this week about how do we (laughs) talk about this from our position without Mm -hmm. seeming like we're coming down on it and i think Mm -hmm. part of this is that it's intended very clearly for a certain kind of audience and people from outside of that audience are going to struggle with it a little bit more but you're right i mean it's not badly done it is quite derivative it's just that people who are falling outside of this religion are going to look at it and be like oh is this just kind of an advertisement for jesus camp and the answer is yes and that's fine for those people i don't think it's trying to do anything more than that You know, it's probably the most aggressively not-for-us text we've ever covered on the show. And we say this as two people (laughs) nearing middle age who read teenage books for fun. This is not for us. It is not even really, I don't think, a YA. Like, I think it's for for a middle grade, fairly um, sheltered from media Christian audience. And Mm. from that perspective, the songs are catchy. There's nothing in it you wouldn't want your kids seeing. There's exactly one kiss and one holding hands moment. Yeah. It's incredibly chaste. And if that's what you're looking for in media, it's fitting the bill. If right. you're sitting down to watch it because it looks like a fun musical and that's not your particular worldview, you're going to find that aspect of it incredibly distracting. Yeah. Joe texted me at one point in the in my father's house. Joe sends me this text and he's like, who do you think the father is? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot. I did enjoy even moments where you think, oh, okay, this is how I know what I'm watching. Because there's a big extended musical scene where they're dancing in the water and everybody's yes. playing at the beach. And in any other film that we have ever covered, 
the girls would be in swimsuits and the guys would probably be bare chested. And yes. in this one, everyone is still fully clothed. <laughs> fully, and they're just completely fully around. clothed. Yeah. Yes. And you think, oh, okay. So we're we're not even wanting to recognize that these people have bodies and sexual urges because we're really trying to keep it very clean. Yes. I find it hard to talk about because I think that you know, so much of what you're supposed to invest in in the plot is really deeply connected to a particular worldview. Yeah. Like, the characters don't have any chemistry, but they're not supposed to. Right. Because if they did, then there would be sexuality <laughs> on display. Yeah, which there's not, right? You know that he likes her because he sees her across the field. He's the first person she makes eye contact with. So I guess he has to be in love with her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it hits all the typical YA tropes, but plays them in a way that I'm not using safe as an insult here. It's intended to be a very safe text yes. to spend time with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could put this on and feel very reassured that young impressionable audiences would not be seeing anything more than a very safe pleasing rom-com no not even rom-com just a musical really yeah no rom um and it's, <laughs> no rom know... a little bit of com a little bit of muse <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the film has another purpose too uh as i understand it from reading the press material around it which is to introduce a new generation to the classics of christian rock so oh. i think that's another entree point that i didn't have going into this film like with the exception of my God is an awesome God, which I honestly only know because do you remember when you're the man now dogs were a thing? You're literally just saying words <laughs> and I don't know if they mean anything to me right now. Okay, so you're the man now dog. It's from that line in Finding Forrester when when the character's like, you're the man now dog. It's, I guess, Sean Connery. Anyway, he's trying to be street. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so there was this website and it would play like animated GIFs. It was an early website for animated GIFs and sound. So you would have like one audio clip and you would have an animated GIF. And there was this one that went viral that was very famous. Uh, and it was a picture of Jesus in the rapture. Okay. But they had, they had replaced Jesus with a raptor, like the dinosaur. Oh, no. So it was the raptor rapture. And they had, they played that My God is an Awesome God song over top of it. So, it sounds deeply offensive, Brenna. <laughs> well, it is. It is. It was a meme. But I'm just saying, the only song I knew from this film was that song. And that's the context I knew it from. And that is not how you're supposed to come to this film. Like, these are staple standards. Many of these songs, I understand, are standards of, like, an evangelical service or mm. very popular on Christian radio. Many of them remixed for this uh, film in a different way for the first time or remastered but like you're supposed to come to this film and have this whole sort of back catalog of knowledge that oh, these songs okay. are tapping into right. and i you didn't you can sing along it is intended to be much more of a jukebox experience than either you or i had with it okay also yeah. i am going to lightly call bs because you're telling me that you don't know amy grant's baby baby oh yeah okay that's fair i did know that song <laughs> I didn't know it was a Christian song. It only is because Amy Grant is actually quite popular with that sect. Like she, she is a popular Christian figure. But I did want to raise that, if only because I think for me that was the highlight of the entire film. So that's when because you had George that gets a makeover. Moment. 
Yes. It's a fun flight of fancy, too. Yes, right? it is. Like, the rest of it feels so familiar that to then give, you know, really the predominant person of color character a moment where he gets to be fun and step out mm-hmm. of his very traditional kind of boring lane as the nerd who doesn't know how to interact with other people. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is fun. Give me that. Yes, I liked that part too. And I, I think any moment where the film allows itself to just be fun mm-hmm. is better. Like, I don't know if you waited all the way to the end for the music video during the credits. Right, I did, yes. I mean, it's very cute. Like, it's yeah. extremely Disney Channel. It's mm-hmm. very, very sweet. But it's, you know, a music video made up of the cast sort of having fun together. It comes immediately after a blooper reel. And yes. like... I have to say that like maybe seven minutes, the you know three minutes of bloopers and the four minute music video, that was my favorite part of the movie. Everybody looked like they were having a really good time and I wanted to go hang out with them. Yeah, like these are regular people who are just having fun. And because we were coming to the film proper from a kind of, we're sneaking into this, this is not for us. So, yeah. so much of the film feels like, oh, this no maybe not and then that part you're just like oh these are regular people just having a blast (laughs) making a movie it just happens to be about a particular fate that we're not a part of well and i think that's one of the tragedies of the film tragedy is too strong a word but one of the things that doesn't work in the film for me as a general member of a general movie going audience Mm -hmm. is the characters don't feel very human no at one point, the main character tells Avery that she's perfect and she sort of resists that word, but they are all perfect. They're yes. perfect boys and girls next door. Mm-hmm. Even our juvenile delinquent, I don't think he's ever actually hurt anybody. And his tragic backstory is foregrounded like over and above anything violent that he's ever done. So as a result, like they're all so idealized and there's so little conflict mm-hmm. that... It's a little boring. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really think about it. And that's my place of privilege that I had to take that step back afterwards. But when I was reading a couple of reviews, somebody said, you know, this movie opens with Will being chased by the police and he Mm -hmm. openly resists like he runs away from police Mm -hmm. until they literally capture him and handcuff him. And we're recording this. I mean, this could be any week, but we're recording this a couple of days after yet another unarmed black man in America Mm -hmm. was shot by members of the police. And you just think, Mm -hmm. well, there's your fiction right there. If Will was a black man. If Will was George. Yeah, this is fake. This is sanitized. And this is not real. And obviously, that's the purpose. This is escapism Mm -hmm. for a certain crowd. But it's really also tough to watch and just be like oh okay yeah white kids just get to go to christian summer camp and black Mm -hmm. people get to die well to me it's another example of how this film is out of step with time Mm -hmm. this is the kind of plot point you could totally see happening in a teen film from 2005 six seven eight you know or the 90s or the 80s yes absolutely right but prior to this social revolution that we've experienced around surveillance really like we Mm -hmm. now have these crimes caught on video and so we understand what happens in a way i shouldn't say we there dominant culture white people (laughs) understand what actually happens in a way that we had been able to deny previously and so it feels doubly strange to see it in a film in 2021 Mm -hmm. and i get that there's a whole population of people who are really looking for media that 
doesn't confront these issues because sure. they see it as something that they need to protect their children from. Mm -hmm. But that kind of protection, right? It's such a privileged position to oh, take. Gosh, yes. Like, my kid doesn't have to learn about this violence because I know he's not going to learn about it firsthand. Mm -hmm. It's something I was reflecting on as I was watching the film is, you know, it's yet another black best friend YA mm -hmm. movie, right? Where we have a white boy protagonist and his black best friend. We have seen it so many times. Yep. And, you know, it's often tempting to imagine the flipped casting. But oh gosh, because yeah. of all that you're describing, George can't be the protagonist of this film. No, not with that backstory. No. No. And that, I don't know, man, like... I'm always fascinated by the extent to which media that's trying so hard to, you know, not be quote unquote political is mm -hmm. so deeply, deeply political. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because if nothing else, they're trying so hard to get away from it that they're running headfirst into it, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Even at the end of this, like the sheer unreality of Kristen, the Sherry Shepherd character, just being able to say, oh, and why don't you now come live with us yes. after we've known you for a week? And it's handled with this like, well, of course you would, because mm. it's God's charity that she would take on this boy. And you just think, I need to unpack these circumstances that, A, you can just circumvent any kind of legal maneuvering that would have to happen here, but mm -hmm. also just the idea that, oh, sure, a presumably single black mother with a son can just randomly pick up a white boy, and it's cool. Well, in many ways, Sherry Shepard's character, who I'm sure has a name, but God knows what it is, and George... <laughs> They're the savior characters. They're yes. there to make our protagonist's life easier. And mm -hmm. it's it's all the way back to, well, every other, you know, magical Negro trope we've seen yep. throughout literature. Like, it's fascinating to me how reflexively these tropes are played with in a film that I think would aggressively purport to not be taking mm -hmm. a stance on oh, race, yeah. right? Or class, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're introducing class and race into this film, then all of a sudden you can't be addressing just how safe and easy everything is. The whole premise of this film is that it's not even a summer camp, Brenna. This is <laughs> the last week of the summer. All of these Christian kids descend on the camp and over the course of a single week, God will save your life. There can't then be room to introduce politics and race, but of course they're there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. I don't know that we can go any further with that because the mm. film doesn't want to engage with it. So we can only no. do so much work with it. But it is fascinating from our perspective to look at. You know, it's um, it's a resistance to reality. It's a resistance to contemporary life that we, we see quite commonly in... Say it. Well, in evangelical politics, right? The fact that, you know, evangelical churches can stand up and say Trump's our guy, right? It, it requires a certain amount of um, disconnection from the reality of lived experience of people versus mm -hmm. what, you're, what you're saying religiously. Yeah. And I think white and middle class. Yes. And of course, the film isn't interested in dealing with that. That's not what it's for. But this film, more than any we've watched... Recently, I was so interested in everything that was not being said, right? Mm -hmm. the, the unsaid subtext of this film to me was so interesting because the film is cute and the songs are catchy, but it's nothing you haven't seen before. So thinking right. about why it got made in the first place, that mm -hmm. to me is interesting. Yeah. 
Well, and maybe that's a good place to end it, if only because I want to do a lovely segue, which is to say, I am so fascinated to then compare the experience we've had of watching this to what we're going to have next week, Brenna. Oh, woof. Yes. (laughs) So next week, Joe and I are reading and watching Knots and Crosses. So the book is by Marjorie Blackman, and the TV show is streaming on CBC Gem for folks in Canada. We're going to do the whole first season. Mm -hmm. It's six episodes, and they're about an hour long. So it is a bit of a commitment. And I don't know if at this point either one of us can say it's well worth your time, but (laughs) this at least is tackling the issue of race and class fully head on. Yes, absolutely. Fully head on in a UK context. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I'm interested. You know, I just finished the book this morning. We're going to have lots more to say about it next week, obviously. But I know that it's an extremely popular set of novels, particularly in the UK. I know we have some UK listeners. So I'd love it if you would uh, let us know your thoughts on it just as we're starting to frame ours, because I think Joe and I are both struggling a little bit with it. Hmm. Yeah, there's something that's not quite connecting. And I don't know if it's because we're on the wrong side of the pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible. And then the week after, speaking of audience engagement, Joe, mm-hmm. we are reading book club, book club, book club alert, uh, The Toll Bridge by <laughs> Aiden Chambers. And I just checked this morning because I had this like, 2 a.m. panic attack that I had picked a book that wasn't like available easily. But I just checked and you can buy the ebook on Apple Books for five bucks. So it is out there and it is accessible if it's not in your library system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is an older book as well, mm-hmm. but it's not quite as popular as Judy Bloom. So yeah, I'm excited. This is a little bit of a longer one. So hopefully people have been reading along with us. But yes, mm-hmm. uh, two weeks from now, hopefully we're going to be including your thoughts, your comments. So tweet us and email us. Ooh, so maybe I should tell folks how to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you want to send us something longer, your thoughts on book club, especially we welcome your emails on, you can send it to hkhspod at gmail.com. If you just want to live tweet us your reading or share short and quick thoughts, you can find us on Twitter at hkhspod or on the hashtag hkhspod. Um, and Joe, let's mm-hmm. say that somebody wanted to get in touch with you specifically about their experiences of Christian camp. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> I can be found at B stole my remote and that's the letter B. And if you want to write to me and tell me that not all camps in North America are appropriative, uh, I can be found <laughs> at Brenna C. Gray. That's Gray with an A. You can tell Joe and I were not camp kids, hey? <laughs> no, I have no experience with it at all. No, neither. Uh, Girl Guide Camp. I went to Girl Guide Camp, but very different experience than what I'm seeing in in camp movies. My camp was stay-at-home camp. It was called (laughs) Joe in His Room Reading Comics. I was going to say Joe reading Goosebumps in his his bed. Right. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) All right, folks. So a couple of longer texts coming up if you're reading alongside us, whether it's Knots and Crosses or The Toll Bridge. Get ready to spend some time in the UK with us for a bit. Mm -hmm. And until next time, I will see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. 